Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave, one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and today with me is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. Hey. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. Are you ready to dive into more of Hosea today? Oh, I am very much ready, yeah. I am very excited. Uh, We're going to continue this <laughs> series on Hosea, uh, this little kind of obscure book in the Old Testament yeah. uh, that dives into all kinds of interesting things. And this week we talked a bit about sin. Yeah. Um, so why don't you give us just a little recap from what you said on Sunday? Yeah, so uh, the book of Hosea, as we've talked about, um, the first three chapters gives you a, a, the story, Hosea's story, which actually encapsulates all of the themes, the major themes of the book, where we see God's love for us is where it starts, then our betrayal, mm. and then the opportunity and the hope for restoration. And so there's this betrayal and judgment and all this kind of stuff that comes in the middle. But I think sometimes we look at these books from the prophets and we see them as like, it's all doom and gloom. It's all about judgment. But I think that in Hosea, he starts where we need to start. And that's with the love of God, because mm-hmm. it's so incredible, so big, so you know wild that when we look at our sin and our betrayal and the judgment that comes and all of that stuff in relation to that, it actually helps us understand things more clearly, I think. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so we talked about sin. We talked about, you know, missing the mark and what that looks like. And we we explored some themes that were in the book in some of the poetry that's there and um, and how some of those themes really relate to us in our context. And uh, and I think that there's some things that emerge that actually help clarify, you know, in, in many yeah. ways. So yeah. yeah, that's kind of where we went on, on Sunday. Yeah, and so much we can jump off of. Um, right. why, why don't we talk, talk about sin to start actually. Um, and I, like sin is such this, it's such an interesting uh, word and concept. I think understanding of sin is really crucial to, right. uh, to understanding the story of God and the story of humanity and ultimately understanding Jesus and the gospel. Yeah. Um, but it's a word that has become, um, yeah, kind of a, a weird word in our culture and our society, right? Yeah. In, in society at large, kind of outside of the church, yeah, it's mocked, I would say, right? Like, sure. oh, the Christian's always talking about sin. Um, and, and there's a bit of this idea that, like, it's, there's mostly guilt attached to it. It's mostly, like, yeah. um, you know, well, if, if you've done anything wrong ever, you're, like, a terrible murderer. Um, yeah. So what, like, remind us again, Paul, what's this, this definition of Well, yeah, sin? I mean, there's so much there, right? I mean, there, there, I, first of all, what I would say is that I think we prefer to talk in terms of just good and bad, right? Sure. It's easier. It's like, that's what I want to talk about. Just tell me what's good, what's bad. Right. But like those words, those are English words that are far more difficult for us to pin down because mm-hmm. what is good? It's, I mean, it's very, it's very subjective. Like how they're vague, right? How do we know whether something is good or not good or what side are you looking at it from? And mm-hmm. is it good from that perspective or bad from this perspective? Like mm-hmm. all of those things are very difficult. Whereas I think sin actually is much more precise and right. clear. And the reason I think like... I think sometimes we use, and I talked about this in the message, that we use words like sin and transgression and iniquity and all these like these words in the Old Testament. And and when we use those words, sometimes people dismiss them because they say it's not really relevant to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I talk in terms of good and bad now or whatever. But I think that I think that when we understand it properly, well, let me put it this way. I think it's a shame that we we pull away from them just because that we're uncomfortable with the language. Right. Whereas I think if we lean in and get it, get to know what it actually is about, I think mm. we can get some clarity. So I'll give a definition in a second, but I also want to touch on the fact that what you said there is that 
sin makes us kind of like uncomfortable and it, it, we're not really comfortable at looking at places in our lives where we've done something wrong. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the, the, there's a cultural, uh, sort of pressure to look at us and see ourselves as ultimately good. And, you know, it's just our circumstances. It's just the things that are around us. And the Bible actually has another idea and talks about something that's inside of all of us. And, that's not easy to talk about because of where we are culturally today. So right. there's those two sides to this, but let me get back to the definition. So what I used as a definition for sin, um, I mean, Hebrew is a, uh, sorry, sin is a Hebrew term that means to miss the mark or fail to fulfill a goal. Hmm. And so um, there's this idea of missing the target essentially. So the question becomes, what is the target? And what I talked about on Sunday was, that, you know, when Jesus was asked to sum up the greatest commandment, he said, love God and love others, right? So a good way to understand sin is foundationally, it's a failure to fully love God and fully love people. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a good way of looking at it. And if you start, and I know you're probably thinking to yourself, well, what about, you know, just selfishness and all these kind of things? I think all of that falls into one of those two categories, either failing to love God properly or failing to love people properly. And that's, so that's kind of where, um, where I think sin can be clarified for us. And some people might be like, I just want to push it. Like they push it away. Cause they're like, well, I, I don't do bad things generally. I'm usually pretty right. good. Right. And so this isn't really, it doesn't apply to me. Right. And what I'm saying is that it actually applies to all of us because it's broader. Mm -hmm. It's any act of betrayal to a God who wants to be in relationship with us. Yeah. And, and an act of betrayal is anything where we take our own way rather than his. And that becomes where sin sort of, you know, pops up. Yeah. And it's it, interesting. I'm going to tie these two things together. I think, um, like the, the, talking about sin and how we're uncomfortable with it in our society today. And I think there are, there are very different reactions to that word. Like some people are like, yes, we're preaching the gospel of sin. We need to talk about sin. And some people are like, Oh, we got to be really careful there. Um, both of those are born out of care for others and also a, a like a kind of a redirection away from ourselves. Sure. And like, I, I want to affirm the care for others. I think it's really good to say yeah. like, yeah, we need to care for others. We need to make sure that the language we're speaking of the gospel is uh, is truthful, is is understandable, doesn't drive people away from the grace and the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like, what is your reaction to the word sin? And and is it a deflection away from your own self? Is it a, for me? Is it a deflection away from right. like I don't want to talk about sin, or I do want to talk about sin because I believe this, and these people need it, or yeah. these people don't need it. Like it, it, yeah. it feels. Like it's easy to make it impersonal and yes. you're like, you're framing it very relationally. Yeah. And I think that's why like the book of Hosea really, so, you know, when you're reading something and something clicks, I don't know if I said this that last mm. week or not, but I feel like what I've really learned from this book and studying it over the last couple of weeks is, is the relational aspect of the way that God chooses to interact with us mm -hmm. um, is, is far more intimate and relational than perhaps we might um, assume, right? right? Because when we think of God, we think of him as sitting on the throne. We think of him as Lord over our lives. Yeah. But the idea of him being connected to us in such an intimate way is is a little bit strange and hard for us to wrap our heads around. Maybe a little uncomfortable. Like for the sure. book of Hosea is for me, like I read it, I'm like, yeah. oh, really? Like God, you couldn't you have like toned down right. the, the analogy a little? Like prostitution? Come on, let's yeah. not. Yeah. But, but no, it is that like 
visceral and intimate. Oh yeah. And it just kind of brings up all these emotions and it's very like on the surface and heavy and you know, whatever. But what I've recognized is that when we see a God who is, is in that type of relationship or desires that type of relationship, it changes the way I see our betrayal or Mm. sin or our mistakes or however you want to describe it. Because when we, when we sin, it's always against God. It's not something like, and, and what I mean by that is that if, if, and I've said this, I think last week for sure, but if, if God was not relational, then all we would need is more information. Mm-hmm. If it, if God was just all about all I, I want you to do this, 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 and this, then we just need to know what those things are so that we can check them off the list when we do them right. or when we don't do them, whatever the case, but God is relational. And so it actually, it's not about a list. It's about it's about a relationship that God wants to, to be in with us and us choosing to go our own way is an act of betrayal each time. And right. so in that way, sin becomes far, it's, it's far more easy to understand how separation from God happens because right. of sin. Right. And it's, you know, and, and, you know, God is a holy God and we know all of those things too. I'm not discounting that, but I'm just saying that the relational aspect as I've been reading through Hosea really helps me understand some of this. And I think, again, this really touches on sin that we're talking about today. When you begin to define it as a lack of loving God properly, mm. then, then you know, sin is not just in my mind what I think is good or what I think is bad. It's what does God expect and where am I missing the mark? And if right. I'm missing the mark, then I'm sinning. And that includes not just, uh, you know, behaviors like murder. It also right. includes other behaviors like what I do with my time or how I spend my, you know, whatever, all these different things that, you know, you may not sort of characterize as good or bad initially, but there is an element of, of whether that's sin or not. Right. So I think that that's, that's the thing that's been, and maybe I didn't explain that well, but the, for me, that's the thing that's been so impactful for me is that mm-hmm. in relationship, all of our mistakes you know, change. It matters in a different way. Right. Right. Uh, I want to just dig in a little more there. I mean, you you talk about God wanting relationship with us. Um, I I wonder if even, even if when we understand that we struggle with books like Hosea and the old Testament in general, because we, we see a God who maybe is angry, maybe is violent. Maybe like we've got questions about the goodness of God. Right. We've got questions about like, really? Like we're, you know, we know the right, if I can say the Sunday school answers about, Oh, God loves us and all that. But like right. when it comes down to it, what do we do with these hard stories and how do we, how do we read this like prophetic poetry? How do we, yeah. how do we deal with this and how do we trust that, that Jesus, that, I mean, I, I, a lot of people talk about Jesus as if like, Oh God finally came to his senses and like yeah. did something new. Whereas I, what I believe is that actually like Jesus is the fulfillment yes. of what was already happening and what we, we already see in the old Testament. It's just hard for us to see sometimes. Yeah. And, but I think those two things go together. They are, they are absolutely necessary for each other. You, you can't, uh, maybe I, I don't know if I, this is the right way to say it, but it's like, you can't have love without hate in the sense that, that the anger or the, um, what comes from God or what's seen in God in some cases mm. is actually an indication of his love for us. Mm-hmm. So as an example, like if, if you see someone who is going down the wrong path and, you know, just destroying their life, and if you love them and care for them, you get angry, you get mad, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you respond, um, you know, because you, because of your love for that, right. Mm -hmm. If, if God, 
if there was no if there was no judgment, no anger um, in the Old Testament, then you would have to question God's love because is it just indifference? Like the like right. if does God just not care? Right. I think so. I think there's a there's an element of how those two things actually fit together, and I think a book like Hosea actually helps us understand those difficult passages because if you are in an intimate relationship with someone and you flagrantly and openly just completely disregard that trust and you know, like, would you just not care if you were the other side of that? Would you just be like, ah, okay, whatever. Hmm. Well, of course you'd get angry, right? There's, there's that there. So the righteous anger and judgment actually begins to make sense. In fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, um, in Psalm 51, which is uh, the psalm that David wrote after he was with Bathsheba, mm-hmm. he actually talks about um, God's love, and he says, I have sinned only against you have I sinned. He recognizes that even though he's done this against another woman, another another man, all this uh, stuff that had happened, mm-hmm. he also recognized that the, it was an affront to God. Yeah. But then he makes the comment that I now know that you judge rightly and I now understand your judgment. So it's Mm -hmm. almost like he, in the midst of seeing God's love for him, he understood judgment, Hmm. which was pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, that does feel um, out of place for us culturally today in in a way, right? Like we, uh, there doesn't seem to be much place for righteous anger anymore. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of those things that are, they're, they're tricky. And like, uh, you know, as a parent, um, is righteous anger a good thing in my world? Well, I'm, you know, I don't know if I've ever experienced righteous anger as a parent. I've experienced anger. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's a, there's a lack of understanding of that in me even that makes me be like, well, like when I get angry, it's probably not good. So how could God be angry and good? Mm-hmm. How can that be out of love? And yet I also do understand it because like, Right. I, you know, I'm walking through the mall and I see a kid misbehaving. I think, well, that's that parent's problem, right? Like, yeah. And whereas if I'm walking through the mall and my kid's misbehaving, like there is a, a certain frustration. An and emotional like, response. Yes. We'll, we'll just call it that. Um, yeah. And, and, and born out of a desire for my, for my kids to, to do well because I do love them. Yeah. Um, so like I understand, but it is, it is a tricky one. It, it is. Yeah. It's so tricky. I, I guess I would say that the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite yeah. of love is indifference. Right. And so, and so, um, I think that the fact that we have a God who is emo- emotionally connected to his creation, um, is a, is a picture of his love for us, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's a very interesting way to say it. I feel like I have, uh, rightly or wrongly often got this picture of God being more about truth and truth being detached from emotion. Right. Um, so like God having emotion is an, is an interesting one. And I, I don't, yeah, it, it comes back to what you were saying about, about knowledge and about yeah. the importance of, of knowing. And I mean, God obviously calls his people to know him and to remember right. and all of these things, but it's not just a like, sit and listen and fill your head because these people also like they, they understood, they just didn't know. Right. Yeah. And so that's a good segue because Hosea four really is all about, um, he, he speaks, it says all these things are falling apart. You're breaking all these laws because of a lack of knowledge. Hmm. He says, you're not acknowledging me and you don't know me. So there's this knowledge piece that kind of keeps coming into the conversation and you know, I pointed out on on Sunday that that knowledge in, in the Hebrew word for knowledge is not really about 
information like right. it is in our context. Right. We think of knowledge as, you know, it used to be in the church that, that discipleship was equivalent to, um, or equal to, uh, you know, Bible knowledge. Like the more yeah. I know, the more I'm discipled. You talked about the like status symbol of carrying your study Bible in right, the church, right? right. I, yeah. Right. But, but the, the, what God, God's very clear that he expects something different of us. And that is a knowledge of him. It's not just knowing about him or being able to recite facts. It's, do you know him personally? So knowledge has this personal side to it. And this became really the base of the sermon on Sundays that I started there and kind of ended there is that knowing God is the goal, like mm -hmm. understanding who he is, not just knowing about him. And, and be, we get into trouble when we're, when we fail to, um, over time, that knowledge or understanding of God begins to fade. And that's why I talked about being unaware at times, being distracted at times, and then even, uh, being completely misguided, mm -hmm. um, into looking for other things to, to take the place that God can't, that only God can take. So, um, so yeah, so it's all about really knowledge is the key here. And I think, um, you know, for those of us who may have grown up in a tr similar tradition to me, you might, you know, immediately think of knowledge as getting more information, but the truth is it's more than that. Yeah. And it like, it's, it's not, um, I'm, I'm struck by the way that like we interact with celebrities today or, uh, your favorite sports figure, like pick, pick anyone. Um, you can know a lot about them. You can study right. them. You can you can follow them, but you don't actually know them. Right. And, and in some ways the Bible doesn't, doesn't work quite like Twitter or Google, right? Like mm -hmm. God invites us to know him through the Bible, but this is also why we're leaning into uh, rule of life. It's mm -hmm. why we're leaning into practices that, that mm -hmm. open ourselves. It's why we say we, one of our values is prayer over everything, right? Like we, to be in relationship with God is more than just studying God. Yeah. It's, it's knowing God and that like the way that works itself out in, in community and in, yeah. um, in our prayer life and in our practices. Um, yeah. How, how do we move beyond like Sunday morning information gathering, yeah. which like there's a part of our Sunday morning experience that I think from, from your perspective, from my perspective is absolutely, we want to do our best to communicate the gospel clearly through whatever, whatever way we're doing through whatever songs we're doing, we want it, want it to communicate, but we, we want people not just to stop at like gathering information. We want people to lean into knowing. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's the next step there for people? Well, I think, I think, you know, there, the, the first thing is that there's a mindset shift. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when we come to worship, when we, uh, you know, are in the word, when we're engaged in spiritual practices in different ways, the goal is to get to know a personal God. Um, it's God is not a formula. He's not like a, okay, I do this X, Y, Z, and then, you know, something happens. He is a real, he, he desires to be in relationship with us. And what we know about relationships, even in our own lives is that they're complicated, right? If you think about, you know, your, your spouse, if you're married or, you know, close relationships, even people that you know really, really well, they still surprise you sometimes. They do things that you're like, wait, what? Why did that happen? And, and so the fact that sometimes when we look back at the, at the stories or we, you know, read through the scriptures and we have a hard time kind of pinning things down, you know, sometimes God is doing one thing, sometimes he's doing something else. And so sometimes we're trying to like figure out like, 
I can't, I can't put a, uh, I can't put a box around it. Well, neither can you put a box around a person that lives in your home, like, because they're always going to surprise you because it's a relationship. So I think that the mindset shift is that we're not coming to find some kind of formula. We're coming to get to know a friend. Mm -hmm. And, and that, I think that process, uh, will help us move in the direction that is going to be most helpful. Right. So that's kind of, that would be the, you know, the first thing that I would say. And in terms of next steps, I think the answer is get to know God. <laughs> and, and I know that sounds really simple, but in the end of Hosea, as he's, as he's kind of talking about, he kind of wraps it up and he's talking about returning to the Lord. And we're going to talk a little bit about the process of what that looks like. Um, he, he says, oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He'll respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming rains of an early spring. Mm. And so there's this picture in the end of this this uh, this kind of section of, of material that talks about judgment and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, let's get to know God. Because at the beginning, knowledge is the problem. Now they're saying, let's get to know him. So mm. what does that actually look like? You know, spending time in his word, spending time in these spiritual practices, um, not just so that we can have information that we can spew back, but, but to, to develop a relationship, almost like sitting down at a coffee shop and, you know, so how you doing, you know, have that conversation that builds relationship. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, we're, uh, we're just about out of time here, Paul. Um, any closing thoughts for us, anything you want us to be thinking about as we enter into next week or last week in Hosea? Yeah, I, I, I want us to look at the biggest, the big themes that we started and we're continuing here that, begins with God's love that continues with our betrayal, the sin in our lives. And the next week we're going to talk about what we do about all that. But I would just, I want to encourage all of us not to look away from sin, but to see it in ourselves, to recognize it, to acknowledge that, you know what, deep down, I am, I am prone to make decisions for myself. I'm prone to go the opposite direction that God wants me to go in. And so, you know, when I think about the, you know, these big categories of, you know, people being unaware or being distracted or being misguided. You know, I asked the question, is there a consistency to our actions? You know, do we, do our lives reflect that we know God personally? I asked, does our devotion to God reflect that we know him personally? And I asked, did your, does our trust in him um, demonstrate that you know him personally? And I think we can all answer that question confidently. No, our lives don't always do that. But as we continue to get to know him, we'll see the difference in the way that we live out our lives. And that's really what helps us as we align our lives to the way of Jesus. Yeah. Well, thank you, Paul. Uh, Thank you for, uh, yeah, guiding us through this book. Really looking forward to next week. And thank you for listening along to Postscript. We will be back next week with more. 